This may be difficult to believe, but not every child is thrilled to start working with an educational therapist. I know. I know. How could this be, you ask? Rachel and Steph and their team seem so fun. And we totally are. But not every student knows how fun it's going to be, and their prior experiences trying to, quote-unquote, learn smarter, have left them bruised. Luckily, parents of this subset of learners coming into our practice know the value we offer and the transformation that will absolutely occur as a result of educational therapy. Today, we talk about how we coach parents to explain educational therapy to a reluctant student. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 99 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're talking about how to explain educational therapy to a reluctant learner. So this is one of the first episodes we've recorded together in a few weeks and certainly since Safer at Home started, mm-hmm. right, Steph? Yeah. Which explains the slightly funny <laughs> opening. <laughs> At least I hope it is. Trying to be entertaining. And so, Steph, how are you holding up? You know, I sort of have been putting it out there like, this is a roller coaster every day that I just want to get off. Yeah. That's how I feel. Oh, I've used that analogy with other things in my life before, but. Yeah. How are you? I mean, everybody's feeling the same way. There are days where people in our lives are totally fine and we're totally fine Mm -hmm. with this. And then there are days that it's just really hard. We're recording on a Friday, so we're coming up on a weekend. So have a list of activities and things we can do around the house. This is so Rachel. I'm also keeping a list of all the things I can't wait to do once this is over. (laughs) And that'll be really fun to cross everything off. I like it. I mean, it's beautiful in Los Angeles today and totally would be an appropriate beach day. And I also want to go to Disneyland. For sure. That's on the list. Yeah. (laughs) So a Dodger game once Major League Baseball resumes. What about you? Yeah, all the little things. Like I want to go to the grocery store without it being like a whole production. Yeah. And I want to go somewhere and go do something and have some sort of like change of scenery. And I love to travel so much. And I was supposed to be in Atlanta next week. And that is a bummer that I don't get to go. So you know, it's going to be something like that. And, you know, I'm also thinking, oh, it's my birthday this summer. I don't know that I'll be able to go anywhere. And it's a big one for me. And I mean, my birthday's at the end of the month and this is what it's going to be. Yeah. So we're just fortunate that we don't have like a major event, like a wedding. I have friends who are rescheduling their weddings right now. Yeah. And ultimately, I'm grateful that everybody's healthy. Yep. Everybody's staying at home. We're just taking it day by day. But that doesn't mean that I can't be sad about it. Well, hopefully everybody in our Smarty community, whether you've been here a long time or just discovered us, we hope that you are safe and healthy and that your families are okay during this time. If you're a teacher or if you're a parent, we know it's hard. Absolutely. And so we've talked about it at length and we're planning to continue delivering the content that we had planned on delivering. And so if something has come up for you that you would like to connect with us about just to problem solve or troubleshoot something, don't hesitate to reach out to us, Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. We are hearing from you and we're responding to you. And we thank you for connecting with us because 
We all need connection right now. We do. So Steph. Let's get going. Let's get into it. Not every client coming into the practice, parents are very enthusiastic usually. Mm -hmm. And they're hopeful because like their kids, they've been burned by a lot of different things and a lot of different programs and perhaps money has been wasted already. And it's exhausting. So you know, whether you're sitting there feeling like your kid is disrespectful or lazy, which is a word we don't like, but if that's what you're feeling or you're feeling like it's just too much at this point, remember, underneath everything, kids inherently want to please. Yes. So if you explain that there's someone to make this easier, a lot of times they'll be very grateful. You contributed this to today's episode, which was it's the parent's job to figure out why things feel so hard for the client. But it's the ed therapist's job to figure out how to help make it easier. That is a message that I love sharing and I love talking to parents about because they're relieved. Kids normally and developmentally appropriately turn to their parents to help them solve problems, but parents aren't experts on every facet of development. Mm -hmm. And so being able to partner with somebody like us or somebody like one of our team members in our practices, which are completely virtual and remote at this point, obviously, for everybody's safety, it's helpful. Parents feel that sense of relief too. It's interesting because I was speaking to a parent last night and I was reminding her that he inherently wants to please her son and that the reason this stuff is not getting done is really because it's hard. Yes. So let's figure out how to make it easier for him. And she took a deep breath. Yeah. And it's a relief when we remind them. It is. And that we can speak from experience with other clients with similar profiles and similar family dynamics because- The conversations we have are so similar to each other. They really are. And the things that parents are sharing with us are so similar and they're sharing it with us, but they're not necessarily sharing it with other parents or they're not connected to other parents who are experiencing something similar. So when they're able to talk to us and we're able to provide that sort of perspective, it's really impactful. And sometimes the student needs to hear that perspective too. So it can just be about getting them to walk in the door and them seeing that the clinician that they're going to work with on one of our teams or if they're going to work with us are not blaming them. Yeah, because it's not their fault. It's not. Mm -mm. And know that family life will improve. Yes. And that is a byproduct of educational therapy. And you can really hear, if you go back and listen to our success stories, Yes, you can hear in every single episode how either the child or the parent talks about how family life has changed for the better. Yes. You know, there's a couple of unexpected blessings of doing the podcast. You and I do this as a passion project because we believe the information we're offering could be valuable and serve as a resource to somebody who may need it. But there's some byproducts of it too. And one of those is the opportunity to get to do those success stories because that is something that I think we learned the impact of educational therapy when we do those success stories. Like it becomes very clear to us. Yeah. And it's fun. (laughs) I love it. I love hearing when you've had wins with a client and hearing them speak it. And I'm sure. Same thing. Yeah, of course. And it's even more fun when we know the client. Yeah. Because we've spoken about it. So then you get to meet them and see them and all that. So, and I know clients love coming on too. Yeah, it's true. 
it's a real milestone in their educational therapy journey if they've gotten far enough that we've invited them onto the podcast, right? It's so true. You need buy-in and use their currency. And sometimes I have used coming on the podcast as the win, as the currency for clients. Oh. This needs to happen in order for you to earn the invitation to come on. That's a good idea. I didn't know you did that. It can be hugely motivating, but I'll skip down on our list, Steph, and say that you do need Mm buy-in from the client. And I don't work for free and you don't work for free. And so if it feels hard, even though it's going to be ultimately beneficial to them and in their own best interest, but they don't have the perspective or awareness of it, use their currency. What do they love? Yep. But it's incumbent upon the educational therapist in the intake session to create that rapport that makes the client feel safe and makes them feel like, okay, I can do this. I want to come back. Yep. Sometimes it's just about getting them to walk in the door that first time, but we're going to talk more about that. One of the things that I always do, and I think you do this too, Rach, is at the beginning of a session with a new client, Mm-hmm. And I have the parent come in and the learner is there. Mm-hmm. I ask the parent, what goals do you have for your child? And just have the kids sit back and listen. And oftentimes it's this emotional breakthrough of, I just want this to be easier for you. I just want you to feel successful. I just want, you know, X, Y, Z. And the kids really hear it. Yes. And sometimes they're hearing it for the first time in a way that is almost so vulnerable and they've gotten thus far in the journey and they're sitting before us and it feels like, okay, now let's turn the new leaf and let's start the new chapter. Yeah. The other thing that we always advocate is sometimes the fact that therapist is in our title is a stopgap for kids. And if you have a child, look, (laughs) they're going to come to either one of our offices and they're going to see CAP Educational Therapy Group on things, or they're going to see my ed therapist. They're going to see the title. But prior to entering into our office space, what we tell families is tell them we're a school coach or we're an efficiency coach or a learning coach is really the best description of what we do because it's not all about school. It really is about learning. And just by changing our title and shifting it around, it allows them to have a different perspective on what this relationship will ultimately look like. And then the other thing that I'll add is go have them listen to some of the success stories on this podcast. It's a huge reason actually that we do it so that clients who are feeling reluctant coming in could have heard our voices before and heard from their peers who are much more powerful influence than parents at a certain point. But heard from other kids, similar age or gender or experience, why educational therapy was so helpful. So if you can get them to listen. Definitely do that. Yeah. I just want to add that, especially around here, sports are in the South Bay are a big deal. So a lot of kids have a baseball coach or a soccer coach or whatever. Pitching coach. Oftentimes when I talk about me being a coach, the kids almost like sit up a little bit higher. Yeah. They understand it. They're like, oh, well, yeah, you're my coach. Yeah. And it's so nice to see because that's the buy-in right there. When they sit a little taller and they're trying to impress their coach, Mm -hmm. they want to do all the things. It helps to reframe this relationship because sometimes parents don't even know really fully what it's going to be. We have to explain educational therapy to almost everybody we interact with. And oftentimes the intake calls themselves, Mm -hmm. they've been told to call us, but they don't know what it is we do yeah, and the impact that we have. And so just reframing it for families can be really, really 
significant and helpful. But I do think we should talk about how to explain this to a teenager because it is a little bit different. You know, we've talked for nearly 100 episodes about the differences before puberty and after puberty with our clients. Mm -hmm. And so we think we should spend a little bit of time honoring the post-puberty clients that we are likely to work with. Yep. So Steph, what would you say about teenagers who have a million excuses about why they don't want to do this? What would you say? (laughs) You know, this happens all the time. So I'm glad we're talking about it. One of the first things I always say to them is, I know this is hard. I don't blame you. Yeah. And let's make this easier. The more that we can honor their past difficulties, the more that they feel heard and they feel like they have a choice and that there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, so to speak. It's incredibly true. One of the biggest obstacles when the world is normal is that coming to educational therapy is a waste of time. They're wasting time in the car. They're worried that they're not going to get things accomplished in session. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, there's a little extra effort. There always is when you start something new and you're trying to make sure everything is in place. So let them know that they will be accomplishing homework because that is what they care about and that they will be studying for tests because that is what they care about. It has to be Mm -hmm. a meaningful and productive 50 minutes or however long the session goes. Yep. Another way to approach it is to ask for Mm buy-in. This is exactly what we're talking about, their currency. What will they earn or what will happen if they just give it a try? When you have a little kid and they don't want to eat their broccoli, but they've never tried it before, and you say, if you just try it, Mm -hmm. then this XYZ might happen. I don't know if I ever told you this. When we were visiting family, one of my nephews He wanted lemonade, but they had a different type of lemonade at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And um, the guy was like, well, let me just bring you a taste, which I thought was an amazing thing for the server to do. So they brought it and he was sitting there and he was looking at it and he's like, I don't want to try it. So I pulled out a dollar (laughs) and I like slammed it on the table. I'm like, if you try it, but you have to actually try it, not just it touches your lips, right? Yeah. You get a dollar. His eyes got super big and he's like, what? (laughs) And I'm like, oh yeah, because that's what my cousin used to do with me. I tried escargot because he paid me five bucks. (laughs) So then it was really funny because my mother-in-law, who's his grandmother, pulls out a 10 and she goes, if you finish it, you get a 10. And it was like, of course, his sister was like, wait, what? What's happening? (laughs) So he got $11 because guess what? He liked it. (laughs) Of course he did. So that was just a fun little story. But you absolutely want to motivate and encourage, you know, use any leverage that you have. Mm -hmm. Here's another idea. I often encourage families to choose between two educational therapists. Now, this is a luxury afforded to people who live in a city where there are multiple educational therapists. And if you're able to get on two caseloads, mm-hmm. I would absolutely make sure both ed therapists knew what was happening. I don't think it's right to hit ed therapists against each other. And I don't believe that's what it is. But what you can set up is, listen, you're doing this. That's not the choice. Your choice is with who? And let the personality match take shape. I think that's totally appropriate. If you were going to a psychologist, you would interview a couple too, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I highly recommend that if that is feasible. Now, obviously, educational therapy isn't everywhere. That's not going to be an option afforded to everybody, but it's just one idea. Yeah. 
here's one that comes up all the time. I don't want any extra work. I already have too much. Yes. Being able to explain to your learner that this isn't actually going to be extra work. It's not going to be extra homework. It's not like going to one of those math centers where you have to do math homework after. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be about making it easier and getting things done quickly, efficiently, and in a much better way. So the number one thing that comes up with teenagers in my practice is parents saying, okay, but they don't want extra work. And that is not our goal. Never. We were teachers. Giving extra work is definitely putting them down the path of losing the love of learning. And that is not how we want to be approaching things. Educational therapy isn't about extra work. It's about managing your work and getting it done sooner. It is. Also making sure that they know that this isn't a lifelong sentence. You're going to build up some skills and then you're going to go thrive on your own. Mm-hmm. And that is the whole point. And we make that clear, especially when kids are becoming very reliant on us. Yeah. We make that very clear. Yeah. I have teenage clients that come in and will work a little bit on the test that they have coming up or the homework that they're really struggling with. But also, we're setting up their calendar. We're figuring out their systems. Putting all their email in one place. Yeah. And while it might not feel like it's productive it will ultimately help. So it's finding the balance for them so they feel heard and feel like they're getting something done, but also getting our agenda done as well. Mm -hmm. So reminding them that it's the long game of once we get through this, it will make everything better is extremely helpful. Our goal is to make the lives of our students and their families better. But really the way we get a lot of buy-in with our teenagers is by saying our goal is to make your life easier And to help get your parents off your back. Because parents don't want to be on their teenager's back. They don't want to be looking at their portal. They don't want to be having conversations about missing assignments. They want none of it. It's not fun. And our job is to step in, help the kid learn how to sort of manage and recover, and then put things in place so it doesn't happen again. And if it does, they know what to do about it. Yeah. And that really appeals to the teenagers. Yes. They always smile, right? Yes, they always do. I remind kids all the time, you know, your parents don't enjoy it either. Yeah. Your parent is giving me access and giving me the responsibility so that you guys can have a better relationship. And I have a student where on her canvas, the emails come to me. They don't go to her mother because Mm -hmm. she doesn't want that. And I don't blame her. There's a lot of emails that I end up deleting, but it's okay because it ultimately makes their relationship better. So Smarties, we hope this was a helpful episode and we hope that we've given you some food for thought and ways of thinking about educational therapy and introducing the idea of educational therapy to you learner that are a little more creative and some perspective. And we hope that everybody is healthy and that you have the best week you can. Have a great week, Smarties. 